Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I hope this podcast finds you well. I hope you're all having a wonderful day and that your weeks are going great and swell. I'm excited to be back with another episode today and I hope that you guys are enjoying it as much as I am enjoying uh, creating this content, researching it, studying. And I just want to again thank you for taking the time to listen and to give it a, a chance and to follow along. I, I pray and I hope that you guys will share this with your friends, your family, your loved ones, your churches, your whatever, your youth groups, your college groups, or whoever's, whoever is listening. Uh, I just hope that, that it's something that's beneficial to you and that you would be willing to share it with other people too. And I pray that it's a beneficial resource. Because again, the whole reason that I'm doing this podcast is to have a resource out there available for us as Christians uh, that can help us look at the good, the bad, and the messy in life, the realities of the life we live in, and how we as Christians deal with those. And so on this season of Thursday Thoughts, we have been talking about culture. We've been talking about culture. We've talked about a few things about like what is culture, are we at war, and where do we fit in that culture. Uh, so we've talked about those three things so far, and the funny thing about today's episode is that I totally scrapped my original idea. I totally scrapped what I wanted to talk about for what I am going to talk about today. So don't worry, we'll get to the original talk that I had in mind another time. But what I want to talk about today is something that's been weighing on my heart for a long time. I feel like God's Spirit has led me to discuss what I'm going to discuss with you today. It's, it's, I just feel like it's something that's been on my heart, and I feel like that God's pushing me towards something that I need to discuss with people. Um, but with that being said, we're still talking about culture, but today I want to talk about our individual cultures. And in another word, in particular, I want to talk about our individual Christian cultures. And, you know, what do you mean by that, Joshua? What, what I mean is your individual faith. Your individual faith. It is basically your own mini-culture, the way that your faith and the way you live your life and is your own mini-culture. Because the way you live your life affects how you live, what you eat, what you do for fun, and what defines your moral code and so many other things. And so today I want us to talk about changing our individual culture. In simpler terms, I want us to talk about today how we as Christians are to be set apart. And I'm sure those of us who've grown up in church and have went all our lives have heard that a lot. But the reason I think it's important for us to talk about is from what I've seen, a lot of quote-unquote Christians are not living set apart. You see, Jesus wanted the church to change the world, right? And it's done that at times. However, today I feel like now I'm starting to see that instead of the church changing the world, the world is changing the church. And that is not what Jesus wants. We've been talking about culture, and the way I see it is that we as Christians are letting, are starting to let worldly culture influence our individual cultures, our, ourselves, and in turn, it is affecting our church cultures and our culture at home and our faith with God. And so on today's episode, I want to use it as a challenge. Like we discussed last week, Christians are supposed to stand out, right? We looked at Matthew 5, uh, 14 through 16. You know, we're supposed to stand out, right? We're supposed to 
live holy lives. We're supposed to look different. And so my question for today is, are we doing that? The question I want us to think about as we go through this podcast today is, am I really living the life that Jesus called me to? And so with that being said, let's dive into this. So we must be holy and live holy lives. Well, what does that mean? Well, simply put, it means to be set apart in a good way. If you're a Christian, that means you should think differently, act differently, and live your life differently. This is what it means to be set apart. But in order to be set apart for God, we need to learn to first set apart time with God. Life gets busy. I think we understand that. Life gets busy. There are so many things contending for our time and attention. School, homework, sports, friends, family, shopping, and the list goes on and on and on. God begins to get pushed to the back of our minds, and eventually we realize that we haven't really spent any time with him in a while. So if that's you, here's what I want you to do. Slow down, stop, and put everything away, and set apart time for God. Get away from it all. Be silent for a moment. Go experience God in nature. Read your Bible. Journal about the Bible. Pray. Draw pictures from the Bible stories that you read. What do you need to do less of to experience more of God in your life? To be set apart, we need to set apart time with God. And so that's the first step in in being set apart and being this Christian that we're called to be. It's setting apart time for God. If you don't spend time with God, how do you ever expect your relationship with Him to grow? If we call ourselves Christians and the only time we spend with God is at church on Sunday and Wednesday, you know what? That's a couple hours in a week. That's not enough. That's not the faith that Christ calls us to. That's not the faith that Jesus died for. I think of what Peter says in 1 Peter 15 through 16. He says, But as He who called you is holy, You also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. Paul also says in 1 Thessalonians 4.7, For God has not called us for impurity. He's not called us for impurity, but in holiness. We're supposed to be holy. We're supposed to be different. Um, Peter, in 1 Peter 15 and 16, uh, in 1 Peter 1.15 and 16, I should say, He's quoting from Leviticus, right? God tells the people and in, in the Israelites in the book of Leviticus, you know, you will be holy because I am holy. And that's what the whole book of Leviticus is about. All these rules and laws that we look at and we're like, ew, that's what it takes to be holy. And so today we're fortunate that Jesus died for us and all we have to do is be a Christian and do what Jesus says. But the thing is, is are we doing that? Are we, are, am I living the way that Christ calls me to do? We have to be set apart, and you can't be set apart. You can't begin to be set apart. You cannot be a Christian if you don't make time for God. Right? Our rela- we have a relationship with God. How good is a relationship when you don't spend time with the person you're trying to have a relationship with? It's not good, is it? It doesn't work. So why do we expect God in our relationship with Him to be great whenever we don't even pray or read and talk to Him? And so that's the first step in being set apart is remembering that we have to make time for God. One of the best ways we can start learning to be set apart for God is to spend time with Him. Just like we talked about uh, earlier, how do we do that, though? 
How do we set apart time with God? How do we start learning to be set apart for God and to spend time with him? I think it's prayer. It seems like the classic Christian answer to say prayer, but prayer is a powerful, it is powerful, and it can transform your life in huge ways. Prayer can sometimes feel like this awkward experience where you're you're like talking to an empty void. I feel like some people feel that way, but it doesn't have to feel that way. Think about a time you learned a new skill. Maybe it was a sport, a complex math problem, or a new hobby. It took time to learn how to do it well, right? Prayer is the same way. It feels awkward at first, maybe a little bit, but you have to embrace the awkward to get to the awesome. Think about it like this. Imagine you needed to talk to a stranger for a minute. Just the thought of that seems awkward and stressful, right? For some of us. Now imagine you're talking to your best friend for a minute and not a stranger. Well, that's that's totally normal, right? That's how prayer works. The less time we spend praying, the more time it'll feel awkward because it's like we don't know who God is. But when we continue to pray, even when it doesn't feel natural, we start experiencing God in ways we never have before. The reality is that we become like who we spend time with. So if we're going to be set apart for God, we've got to get to know him. We've got to talk with him and listen to him. So let's practice that today. Just spend two minutes in prayer. You could write it down in a journal, draw it in a creative way, pray in your your head, or speak it out loud. Try to do this every day for the next week. Or for this week, just try it and then see if and watch the habit develop and see if you don't start experiencing prayer in a whole new way. When you spend time praying to God, you'll start becoming set apart for God. I think about what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 15 16 through 18, right? Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God and Christ Jesus for you. I've talked about this verse a lot with people, and I'm sure I've mentioned it in one of the previous episodes on Thursday Thoughts. But I like 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18, because, you know, rejoice always, be happy always. It's not necessarily being happy always, it's rejoicing is different than being happy. It's Rejoicing is almost like being remembering why you have joy, remembering the things that you have, you know, rejoice always, rejoice in the fact that we have salvation through Jesus Christ, right? Pray without ceasing again. It's, I don't think that God expects us to walk around, to be walking around like continually in prayer, but the idea is it's a constant attitude of prayer. And so we need to ask ourselves, am I praying without ceasing? Am I praying so much where it's almost as if like my life is a constant prayer and then give thanks in all circumstances? Am I giving thanks and everything? You know, we're coming up on Thanksgiving Am I giving thanks for all the things that I have? Am I giving thanks for my life and what I have? And so, this for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18. It's God's will for us in Christ Jesus to rejoice always and pray without ceasing and give thanks. Pray this, In particular, right here, I'm talking about the pray without ceasing part. We need to have an attitude of continual prayer. And so we need to remember that. Second Chronicles 7.14, God tells Solomon, he says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. So I mentioned this Bible passage because 
you know, as Christians, we make mistakes and we fall short. It's part of the gig as being of being a person. But God calls us to humble ourselves. And if we pray and seek God and we seek his face and we turn from our wicked ways and we try to actually be set apart and we confess when we mess up and we try to seek God, then God will hear us and forgive us and heal us and help us in all the different ways that we need. And so that's what being set apart looks like. It's this attitude of prayer. It's having that attitude of prayer. So, number one, we've talked about what it looks like to be set apart. You need to make time for God. How do you make time for God? Well, you pray, right? Praying, I think it's the classic Christian answer, but it makes sense and it's logical. And so moving on to the next thing about being set apart, a lot of people say that they're Christians, but not all of them live that way. There's a, there's a quote in um, my old youth minister's book, Lonnie Jones. He, uh, he has a book called Pedagogue. It's a book for youth ministers. It's a Greek word. But in, in, that, in the book, he's talking about how youth ministers need to be like super people, right? Almost like super friend, like a super person. And he kind of plays the pun, you know, a lot of Christians are superficial, which seems kind of harsh, but it's, it's a true reality. Superficial is almost like, you know, it's not really real, right? That's kind of what superficial is. It's kind of fake. It's like hypocritical almost. And so that's the idea I want us to think about for a second, is that, you know, a lot of, a lot of people say that they're Christians. Maybe it's some of us today. A lot of us say we're Christians, but we don't always live that way. And again, None of us are perfect. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God, but it's kind of like David having a heart that is continually seeking God, right? David made mistakes, right? David and Bath, we think about his mistake with Bathsheba and Uriah, but God still loved him and blessed him because David's heart was a penitent one that sought him. And so we need to remember to be that way too. And so that's the difference, is genuinely trying and having effort. Would you say... That people know that you're a Christian just because you, uh, sorry, let me back up. A lot of people say that they're Christians, but not all of them live that way. They talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. Would you say people know that you're a Christian just because you say it, or do they know it because you live it? To be holy is to live your life set apart in such a way that people can tell that there's something different about you, even when, even without telling them that you are a Christian, right? Matthew 5. That's what we looked at earlier, uh, yet last week. As Christians, we shouldn't be doing what everyone else is doing. Here's our culture part. We shouldn't be doing everything else culture says is okay. We shouldn't be doing what everyone else is doing. We shouldn't just conform to what's normal, right? When everyone's talking trash about someone, you choose to be their one and only friend. When others are sleeping with their boyfriend or girlfriend, you choose to wait for the person you're going to marry. When people you know are making crude jokes or comments, you choose not to be a part of it. Choose to live your life set apart for God. Be different in a good way. Choose to love better than anyone else. Choose to live your life with more joy, excitement, and contentment than anyone else. Choose to be someone who is known by what you're for rather than complaining all the time. So what ways do you need to start living a life set apart? When you start to live life set apart for God, others will be drawn to God. You'll stand out, and that's attractive to people. People don't want the same old same. People don't want to be like everyone else. So why be like everyone else? Be different. And being a Christian and truly following Christ, 
is unlike anything in the world, or it's not like anything in the world. Romans 12.2, I'm sure y'all saw this one coming. Romans 12.2, Paul says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I love that verse. Do not be conformed to this world. I'm sure you you got you guys knew I was going to get to this verse eventually in this podcast since we're talking about culture. And as Christians, we don't conform to culture. We don't conform to the world. We're different. We need to be transformed by Christ. And the thing is, are we living a life that's transformed or are we just, you know, do we just become a Christian and just go back to doing the same old thing? Well, now Jesus, you know, I got Jesus's blood, so now I can go back to living how I want. No, that's not how it works. Jesus calls us to change and to be different. And are we truly being different? That's the question for us today. So to be set apart, we set apart time to get to know God, and we act differently from the world around us, and we pray and we seek God continually. But that can be hard to do by yourself. Here's the next thing we're going to talk about. God calls us to be different, but he doesn't call us to be different alone. He doesn't call you to be lonely. If we're going to live holy lives, we need we're going to need other people, but not just anyone. We're going to need godly people who can help us live the way God has called us to live. We talk about how we become like who we spend time with, right? You are who you hang around. That's an old saying that I remember people at church using. So we should definitely spend time with God, but we also need to spend time with others. We'll become like the people we hang out with, so we need to choose wisely. Look for people who are pursuing God, spending time with him and serving others the way Jesus would. Then choose to do those things together because even through our relationship, or excuse me, even though our relationship with Jesus is personal, it's certainly not private. At least it's not supposed to be. So who are those friends who bring you closer to Christ? What can you do to strengthen those relationships to help you live a holy life? To be set apart for God, we'll need others to help us. If you find yourself not reading your Bible or praying or really having a genuine faith, look at the people you're hanging out around. And usually that can give you a good indication of why you're not reading and praying the way you should. Because if you're hanging out around people who don't read and pray and focus on God, then why would you? Because that's not the influencing you're surrounding yourself with. And so we need to remember that we are who we hang around. And that goes for teenagers all the way up to adults, no matter how old you are. If you like to hang out with Certain friends who like to go drinking on Friday nights and Saturdays and then they sleep in and don't go to church and they were drunk all weekend. What makes you think you're not going to fall into those things too? Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Proverbs 13.20 Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. That's Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. And so I'm, I'm, I mentioned that proverb, right? Though if we, if we hang out with the wise, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. If we hang out with people who are foolish and don't care about God, it's only going to hurt us. It leads to death, spiritual death. But if we hang out with wise people, people who love God and make an effort to be genuine Christians, then we'll be wise and genuine Christians just like them. 
this it's in the Bible, folks. It's not just me. It's in it's right there. Proverbs thirteen twenty. And then I mentioned Hebrews ten twenty three through twenty five here because, you know, we've, we're talking about individual culture in our in our individual Christian culture in our in our personal lives. A lot of us have made it a habit that just going to church and checking off the box is good enough. But that's not the case. Whoever the writer of Hebrews is, you know, it could be Paul, it could be someone else, but whoever the writer was, they had they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. And they make it a point that, you know, we need to continue to meet together. You know, let's continue to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We don't need to neglect to meet together. We don't, like, yes, it's good to go to church. Yes, absolutely. We need to be at church, and I think people need to come to church more you know, after COVID-19, it's given a lot of people an excuse to sit at home and watch. They can get their church fix on their screen. But that's not what Jesus calls us to. Because that's Jesus calls us to a relationship with his people, with the body of Christ. And that's the church. We need to actually go to church. And that's something that we're called to do. We don't need to neglect to meet together. And so, yes, we all need to go to church. But we also don't need to think that just because I go to church, I'm doing what I need to do, because Jesus also calls us to more than that, right? Because once we've begun to live holy lives set apart for God, then we learn to remain in him and seek him daily and let him lead our lives. When we remain in him, we begin to grow fruit in our lives. Wait, what? Grow fruit? Well, well, yeah. You know, the verses that we're about to talk about Talk about growing fruit, but not like apples and oranges. That would just be weird if we started growing apples and oranges. But Galatians 5, 22 through 23 and Jesus' conversation in John 15 talk about a different kind of fruit that we produce when we remain in Christ and when we have the Holy Spirit. When we seek Him and spend time with Him every day, we will be more loving. We will have more joy in our lives. We will experience more peace in our days. We'll have a little bit more patience for people. We'll be kinder to others and do more good in the world and have greater faith. Who wouldn't want to live that way and be that kind of person? I think we could all want to be that and do that. And that's what happens when we remain in Christ throughout our days and live holy lives set apart for God. John 15, 1-11 reads, I am the true vine and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit... He prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the world that I, the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. But this, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Or complete. I love that passage. Jesus is basically telling them, you know, 
I've done all these things, you know, my father is the vine dresser, I am the vine, and just like I have followed God's commandments, I and I abide in his love, you abide in my commandments and abide in my love. It's it's a real beautiful passage, and it shows that we need to bear fruit in our lives, right? We need to bear fruit for Christ. What does that mean? That means living for Christ. That means obeying the commandments of Jesus. He says it right there, right? If we, if we keep his commandments, we will abide in his love just as he kept his father's commandments and abided in his love. And why would we do that? Because it will make our joy be full. And so that Jesus' joy may be in us. That's what he says there in John 15. Why would we not want that? Why do we not live that way? As a whole, I don't think Christians really understand this. And I don't think we live this way as a whole. I'm trying my best to, and I hope we all are. But the thing is, is... We need to actually do this. We need to remember this and live this way. Because God loves us so much. Jesus loves us so much that he came and died for us and that he did all this stuff for us. Galatians 5, 22-23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And that's what it looks like when we live life in the Spirit, right? Before that, Paul's talking about the, the fruits of the, the works of the flesh, the fruit of life in the flesh. And we need to look at our lives and think, what, what fruit are we producing? Am I genuinely producing the fruit of the Spirit, or, I'm, or am I producing and showing works of the flesh? As Christians, we need to remember, our faith is supposed to be serious. We need to take it seriously. We need to do the things that we're called to do. We need to be serious about our faith. We, Our individual Christian culture needs to be strong, and it needs to be everything that we're about. It should be our life. It's a lifestyle. The question for us today, the question for us today is what kind of individual culture are we creating as Christians? Are we truly set apart, or are we becoming, or are we being more like the Pharisees from the Bible? Why did Jesus get on the Pharisees so much? It's because they were supposed to be the religious leaders, but their hearts were far from God. Their hearts weren't where it needed to be. They did stuff for show, not because they genuinely loved God. And we need to make sure that we're not just going to church to look good, and we're not just being a Christian because, well, it's what I guess I need to do, so I need to do it. No, we need to be Christians, and we need to go to church and do kind things and be kind people because we love God so much. That's why we do these things. There is no such thing as halfway or part-time Christianity. You're either all in or you're not. Remember the story of the rich young ruler. He kept the commandments that Jesus said, right, in Matthew 19, right? And Jesus says, you know, because the, the, the young rich ruler comes to Jesus and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus lists off some of the commandments. And he says, you know, all these I've kept since my youth. And Jesus tells him what? Sell all that he has, give it to the poor, and come follow him. And what happened? The man couldn't do it. The man couldn't do it. And so what that shows us is that we can't just do part, we can't just do part of the Christian life. We can't just, you know, well, I'll go to church and, you know, I'll go to some of the events, and I'll be nice to people, I'll give money to the contribution box, but, you know, I still want to, I still want to joke inappropriately with my friends, I still want to go out and get drunk with my friends on a Friday night, I still want to, 
you know, well, me and my girlfriend aren't married, and you know, but we do love each other, so I think it's okay if we go ahead and sleep together, you know, because I love her, and that's okay. Even though I know God says that's not okay. There's no such thing as part-time Christianity. You can't part, you can't halfway do it. It's all the way or not at all. The way I see it, it's either we're all in or we're not. We can't serve God and do it our way. That's not how it works. Being a Christian is a lifestyle, not a hobby. Being a Christian is not going to church just to check off the box for a week. It's a sacrificial lifestyle. It's It means being set apart, truly being different, and not being like everyone else. If you're truly being a Christian, you'll make waves in the world, and you'll draw attention. I think if you really are being a Christian, and this is me saying something here, you know, this might strike some fires, I don't know, but I just, this is just what I feel, but I think if you genuinely live like a Christian, and as Christians, we're called to hold each other accountable, and we start living the Christian life, I think you'll start making waves in your congregations, wherever you go to church, because I think a lot of people, I think we get comfortable, and we just get content with where we are, but that's not what Christ calls us to do. That's, this is what it means to be set apart. It's to be different. So who are we going to be? What is important to us? Is it God or is it something else? Is our personal culture and life something that points to God? Or does it point to something else? Thank you guys for another for joining in for another episode. I hope you all have a great day. God bless.